to baybridgeinfo.org. For transportation information, call 511 or log on to 511.org. annual Hillsburg Jazz Festival invites you to celebrate the jazz art form in Sonoma County's lush vineyards and intimate settings from June 1st through the 11th. Featuring first class jazz from the McCoy Tyner Trio on Sunday afternoon, June 11th. Charlie Hayden's Quartet West at the Raven Theater on Saturday night, June 10th. The Heath Brothers tribute to Percy Heath and film and music on Friday night, June 9th. And Mark Murphy on Saturday afternoon, June 10th. Other great shows include the gala auction, dinner, concert, and dance featuring Louis Belson with the Musicians Warehouse Big Band on Thursday, June 1st. The festival also features Bruce Foreman, Mark Carey, Rebecca Mollion, Matt and Eddie Duran, and more. For more information, please visit hillsburgjazzfestival.org or phone 707-433-4644. It's 94.1 KPFA Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, and KFCF in Fresno, 88.1, and online at kpfa.org at www.kpfa.org. It's 3 p.m. It's time for Cover to Cover Open Good afternoon, and welcome to Cover to Cover Open Book. Many thanks to all of you who have contributed to the success of KPFA Spring Fund Drive. I'm Amelia Gonzalez. On June 5, 1981, the first case of AIDS was reported. On Cover to Cover Open Book, we take a worldview of AIDS and HIV. We're going to hear Denby's story coming to us from Radio Diaries. We'll also hear a commentary from Youth Radio. South Africa presently has the largest number of people with HIV and AIDS in the world. More than 5 million South Africans are HIV positive. Thembi is a South African young 19-year-old woman. For the past year, she has been carrying a tape recorder and keeping an audio diary of her struggle to live with AIDS. Thembi captured the small moments of her life that helped tell a larger story. Her first conversation with her mother about AIDS a visit to the township clinic to apply for life-saving drugs, facing neighbors and friends as they slowly learn her status, a moment of quiet, late-night dancing at home with her boyfriend. Stay with us for Denby's story. No country in the world has been harder hit by the HIV-AIDS epidemic than South Africa. More than 5 million South Africans are living with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. Three-quarters of all new infections are among girls between the ages of 16 and 25. Tembi Ngubane is one of them. She lives in the township of Kailisha, outside of Cape Town, a sprawling sea of houses and shacks made of wood planks, tar paper, and sheets of tin. Tembi was 19 when she first met radio producer Joe Richman. He gave her a tape recorder, and for the past year, she made an audio diary of her life. This is Tembi's story. Testing, one, two, one, two. Test, test, test. Okay. Hi, this is Tembi. It's time for my prayer. Every morning when I wake up, I'll run off to my drawer, take out the mirror, and look at myself 
Then I start to do my prayer. I say it every day, every time when I'm feeling angry. Like when you are angry at someone, you always have that thing in you that you need to tell that someone what you feel. I say, hello HIV, you trespasser. You are in my body, you have to obey the rules. You have to respect me, and if you don't hurt me, I won't hurt you. You mind your business, I'll mind mine. Then I'll give you a ticket when your time comes. I never thought I would ever worry about HIV and AIDS. It was the last thing in my mind. Okay. Okay. okay, right now I'm at the doctor's office. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm feeling great. You're feeling great? No yeah. problem. I'm fine, no problem. Okay, let me just take your weight. Okay. I've known that I'm HIV positive for two years. I'm considered stage four. Only on stage four. You are not HIV positive anymore. They say you've got AIDS. I see your, your CD4 count. You know what it is, huh? CD4 is an indication of how good your immune system still is. Yes, I know. It was 167 Seven. in March of this year. Yes. Yes. You know it's going down all the time. Yes. Yeah? And when you are below 200, it's dangerous for you. Yes, I know. <laughs> I was very surprised too. To know that my CD4 count was below 200, was 167, and at the same time, I've never been sick. You are very much at risk of getting sick. It's a bit like swimming in a lake where you have crocodiles, yeah? You can swim some time without getting bitten, but if you stay swimming a long time, at some point, you're gonna get bitten. Okay, I understand. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Thank you. Okay, I'm gonna tell you how I was infected. I had this boyfriend and then we broke up. I went my own way, he went his way. A year later, I heard that he had died. When I went to his house, his family was gathered there. I said, what happened? Was he shot or was he stabbed? So his sister told me, no, he was sick. I said, what? She said he was very thin and he couldn't talk. Then all of a sudden he just lost a lot of weight. Then I asked her, what if he had AIDS? She said, I don't know. That's when I started to get very worried. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go for a test. I went to the clinic. They bring the, all the equipment in front of me and just break me on my finger. Then 10 minutes passes by, the counselor came back. They say, we need to have another one. He started to do another one and another one. They did all my five fingers. And I started to worry. Because I thought, hey, why is he testing me like five times? Then he said, okay, now it's time for your report. He said, you know, when your blood looks like this, it means you have the virus. You are HIV positive. And you've been HIV positive for many years. 
I just stared at him. I said, okay. <coughs> and now I'm at home. Oh, hi. So we are about. This is Melikai, my boyfriend. Say hi. Hi. I was telling him how cute you look. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend's name is Melikai. We live together. We've been together for two years. Okay. Play. And Mekai is obsessed with music. Yeah. Hey, come Mekai, let's dance. <laughs> <laughs> We are very close. Everyone knows we are very close. If they see Melikai, they see me. We are always together. He met me and I met him. And that was it. I remember when I find out about my HIV status, it was very painful to tell him. I thought, hey, what if I've also infected him? Now I've ruined my life and I've ruined everybody's life. Melkaya, yeah. do you ever wish that maybe we were, you have never have met me? No, <laughs> just because the only thing is that I love you. You know that. Yes, but I'm the one who's infected you. I don't want to blame you. You didn't chase after AIDS. You didn't go on top of the mountain and said you want to have AIDS. You know. And I don't want you to blame yourself. Just be strong. Okay. For me, what scares me most is that I think we are not going to die at the same time if we die. I know that you think if you die first, I'm going to have another <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> no, nothing must die first. No, nothing must die first. Well, I'm thinking that if one of us dies, you how would it be? At least if we were going to die there at the same time. time. <laughs> Give me a kiss for that. My name is Dr. Abrams. How are you doing? I have these pains here in my neck and head. I'm just going to take your blood. All right. <coughs> I'm just going to examine you now for any other signs of any other opportunistic infections. I'm just opening your mouth. I'm looking for thrush in the tongue, which isn't. Okay. And I'm just going to have a listen to a chest. So you can hear it's more, it's more dull on the right hand side. Fluid in the lungs, covering the whole lung. Okay, you can sit on the bed. You're very thin, very short of breath. Um, you need to be on antiretrovirals. You do need the ARVs to bring up your CD4 count and to bring down the virus. Alright. 
testing one two one two this is tembi again it's been a few months since i've been talking to you the reason that i didn't record was that i i didn't want to hear my sick voice i didn't want people to see me like this and hear me like this i couldn't even look in the mirror the way that i looked my face was sort of becoming bones you see and dark and my eyes were kind of big and i was shaking i couldn't walk all the things that were happening i thought they would never happen to me and my boyfriend Milkaya, he was very very worried he would plead me to go to the hospital i just wouldn't want to go i was afraid of the way people are going to look at me people will stare they start to point look at her look at her she's so small i just wanted to sit home and hide myself in the bed then my mother showed up when she came into the house she kind of stared at me because the last time she saw me i was fine and now i'm thin like this then she said and that means my child why are you like this i just look into her eyes She was very afraid. And I just, I just look at her, and I said, I don't think I'm going to live for long. And she said, Okay, don't worry, I'm going to take you to the hospital. Then she put me on her back, and she took me to the hospital. Hold on a minute. This is Tembi again. That was my cell phone alarm. It does that every day at 9 a.m. and at 9 p.m. When it rings, I take my ARVs. I'm very lucky to be in a community that supplies ARVs because in some areas they are not available. The ARV stands for antiretrovirals antiretrovirals are medicines that help to fight the virus you must take them the rest of your life okay i swallow them that's it i wish i didn't have to drink these it's been about a month now since i've started ARVs. in two weeks time i could walk and breathe and do things so when i look back i just I think it was some kind of a miracle or something. Let me see outside what the day looks like. I'll show you around my neighborhood. So it's a bright, beautiful day. People are all out. They are starting to wash their laundry, putting them on the line. Music is coming from every house. I just love it today. My neighborhood is very crowded. Mostly people live in shacks. There's this shake behind the shake. Oh, there's this house behind the house. There's a shake behind the shake. There's another shake. A lot of people. Molo. 
and now here's my friend. Grand, Open theaters. Okay, she's going to the shop. See you later. Bye bye. Nokzola is one of my friends. She lives nearby. She was diagnosed HIV positive in 1999. At the past, our parents were suffering from apartheid. They wanted to be free. And now it is the same with HIV and AIDS. This is the new struggle. Knock, knock. Right now I'm at my mother's house. Hello, everyone. This is my mother. Hello. Hi, honorable. I'm back. <laughs> well, I have to tell you something now that will come to you as a surprise. My boyfriend Milka and I have a baby. <laughs> this is Onwabo. She's almost one year old. She's got many toys. And this one is her favorite. It makes a sound like this. I know what people might be thinking, but Onwabu is fine. We gave a drug called AZT when I was in labor. She's been tested and she's HIV negative. Isn't that true, Onwabu? <laughs> she says yes, it's true. I didn't want people to know that I was pregnant. What I thought was I didn't have the right to have a baby. I thought maybe if I had a baby, maybe in hospital they are going to arrest me. Sometimes I think maybe it was not a right thing to do. But I just, I just wanted so bad. Do you understand why I wanted to have a baby? My daughter, I did understand. But can you explain to me? Okay, I, I felt like I felt like I needed to have something that I can live for. Something that I can call my own. Oh, you didn't care you have me. <laughs> no, we are old. <laughs> and you are not mine, you are your mother's baby. So I wanted my own. <laughs> the way that I care about Onwabo and the way that I love her, it makes me think about how my mother feels about me. My mother has clothed me, feeded me, raised me, and now, at the end of the day, she must also bury me. I was supposed to be the one that was going to look after her. She had put me on her back when I was young. Now that I'm old, she must also again put me on her back. That is not right. My parents don't live together. They live in different townships. 
but not far. My father is kind of an old-fashioned person. It's like to him, I'm this child. He really adores me. But my dad doesn't know that I have AIDS. I haven't told him. I felt like I could tell the whole world, but not him. And now I feel like I've been hiding so long, I just have to tell him. Because he's my father. I just want him to hear it from me. Okay. <laughs> Here we are at my dad's house and it's raining a lot. Okay. My father's shack, uh, the roof is red with tins. You can hear because the rain sounds so loud. I'm school. He has just asked me whether I'm going back to school. Yes, I'm going to go to school next year. Okay. Okay. Dad? Yes. Before in the past there was no epidemic like AIDS and now people are suffering from it. So how do you and the other old people think about it? Okay. It's hard for us, we old people. You close the kid up now. Tomorrow the kid is dead. You see, that's why I get angry of this disease. There was no problem before. But now it becomes a big problem. Jesus. Okay, uh, I have news that I have to tell you. I was trying to tell you, but I just couldn't, yeah. I just couldn't. But I just, I don't want you to feel like I'm hiding some things from you. you see. Okay, my kid. Okay, uh, three years ago, I was discovered HIV positive. I have AIDS. Oh, my. But everything is under control. I am on ARVs. My health is fine. I'm going to the good doctors. So I don't need you to worry about anything. Yeah, don't need to do it. Just for you to know. Because it has been kept a secret for a long time. Okay. I felt like I, I have disappointed you. I thought that it was going to break you into pieces. Mm -hmm. You see? How do you feel? I feel, uh, I feel bad, you see. But what can I do? I have to accept it. What can I do? Okay, my kid. Okay. My mother always said that you must be tough. Even if you are feeling hurt inside, you must not always be jelly belly, cry, 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 cry. Telling my dad was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. But I didn't want to cry. He must see just a tough face. I just wanted him to see that I was not afraid. And that I'm going to be okay. Right now, I'm making a bottle for Onwabo. This is her packing the bottle. Okay, now it's almost um, half past ten. 
at night and we are preparing ourselves for a sleep. Good night. Where is the other blanket? She's already asleep. Belka is already in bed. As always, I'm the last person to sleep. Oh. I'm just imagining what this world would be like without me. I'm not scared of dying, but I'm scared of not being here. Leaving my baby behind. I just want enough time to see her grow a little bit. You are awake now. It is not going to bring me down. I am the one who's got hands and feet and mind. And it's only something that is inside my blood. So it will try to rule maybe inside. But outside I will be the boss. I want to study further. I want to have a great job. There are a lot of things that I want to get done. I'm just going on with my life. I'm just going on with my life. Okay. Okay. Kubi 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 you just heard the story of Fembi, which came to us from Radio Diaries. If you would like more information about Radio Diaries, you can contact them on the World Wide Web at radiodiaries.org. You're listening to Cover to Cover Open Book. I'm Amelia Gonzalez. We're focusing on AIDS today. Five years ago, when youth radio's Quincy Mosby was 14, his mother told him she was HIV positive. He and his younger sister still live with their mother in Oakland, California. Sometimes it's been rough for the family, but they've managed to stay together. Even as his mom copes with her illness and tries to embrace life, Quincy says that sometimes all he can see is her death. For as long as I can remember, every time my sister and I would fight, my mom would say, you two have to stick together. I won't always be here. I've seen my mom broken, bruised, bleeding, even hooked up on machines. But still, I believe she couldn't die. Just like the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus, that fantasy became another childhood ideal snatched from me by the hands of reality. When I was 14 years old, my mother called me into her room. I remember the look on her face. There was something in her voice. I knew she was about to tell me she was HIV positive. I think she cried. I know I didn't. My mom always says getting HIV was the best thing that ever happened to her. She started doing motivational speaking for people who were newly diagnosed. And it pushed her to finish a lot of things she'd been holding off on, like recording an album and paying a little bit more attention to me and my sister. I don't want to be a drama queen, but for me... My mom's diagnosis was like a nightmare in the daytime. Doctors used to tell my mom, it's not the end of the world. You probably won't even die from this disease. You could get hit by a bus tomorrow. That's all well and good, sir. 
but I hoped for a little bit more in my life than my mother getting hit by a bus. For the longest time, I used to be really angry. I was angry my mom waited so long to get tested because she would have been a lot better off if the doctors had caught the virus earlier. I was angry I couldn't be angry at her because she was sick. But most of all, my anger was a little self-centered. I was angry my mom didn't think enough of my sister and me to keep herself around. But now, I can no longer be angry with her because she's going to die. Her status has gotten worse. She now has AIDS. Along with that diagnosis came a difficult decision for my mom, whether to start AIDS medication. She's watched the AIDS drugs affect her friends, their voices, how they look. She decided to take the drugs. The first couple of weeks were really hard. They made her so sick. And even though she's better now, for me, her taking the drugs feels like the beginning of the end. When my sister and I were little kids, we lived in a brick housing project. And every night before we went to sleep, my mom would sing this one song about God. He made my eyes, he made my ears, he made my heart to be faster. And when they break down, what do you do? Take it to the master. But I don't know who to go to as I watch my mom's body break down. It all seems to lead back to what my mom used to tell my sister and me as children. That all we have is each other. Take it to the master. Yeah. I'm Quincy Mosby. Quincy Mosby is a